what's up guys we are back your high street freaks and it is uh this is a victory podcast but <laughs> i don't think it's gonna feel like a victory podcast ohio state won 35 to 7 and i think it was probably the least satisfying 35 to 7 victory i have ever watched in my life um i don't know man i we're just hopping right in here i guess we we don't really have a firm agenda besides uh, we're just going to get some stuff off our chest probably, but I, we we talked, we decided to save most of it for the pod, but we talked for like a couple seconds before I hit record. And my general thing is I think I'm a little more, I hesitate to say optimistic. Optimistic is not the right word. I'm a little less uh, nihilist than Ryan is about this whole situation. <laughs> But still, I think we both agree that this team just like isn't fun to watch. Like it's just a miserable experience, even when they're winning by like 28 and there's really the games have not been in question. Yeah, it is, man, (laughs) it's just like such a depressing experience having Ryan Day as your head coach, because, you know, they're going to go out there and throw up some fucking stink bomb of a game. They're going to win. It's going to be fine most times until it actually matters and they're going to lose. But in these games, they're going to win, but no one's going to have fun. You're not going to see any young player like, oh, holy shit, who's that guy? You're like, you know, you're not going to see that. I mean, obviously, we know who all the players are, but you know, you're not going to see a guy like make a star turn or pop off or do something crazy. Uh, you get like one of those catches from Marvin Harrison every two or three games on the sideline, in, like a 42 to 10 route of Michigan State. But mostly you just don't have any fun watching the team. And then after the game, you hear Ryan Day make up like, he somehow like echo locates the perfect complaint to do to piss oh, everyone involved. It's off. like a bat signal. It's amazing. He's honestly really good at it. Like I think he's <laughs> his biggest skill set is finding new things to bitch about to make it seem like it's not his fault. Yeah. Uh, That's he's insane. such a. F- I, the- I realize I do realize the irony, by the way, of me complaining about him. But he's such a fucking whiner, dude. No. All he does is whine. Go ahead, I was I was talking to one of my friends today, and like my whole thing was like, I'm really not like stressing about Ohio State at this point. Like, the reality is that there's seriously like there's plenty of time in the season. It's September. Like, I don't actually want this team to be playing its best football right now anyway. So, like, hypothetically, I the talent's there, whatever. Like, I can talk myself into this team, like, finding its stride late to the season. That's fine. But, like, so, like, the truth is I'm I'm not really that stressed or pessimistic or anything, like, yet. They lose to Notre Dame, like, whatever, we'll see. But I'm not – I think Notre Dame sucks. So, I'm, I'm not really worried about that either. But my whole thing is that, like, even with that – perspective like where i'm like nah it's fine like kyle mccord's a fine quarterback like the offense is gonna find its stride like it's not really a big deal ryan day is such a bitch that even like (laughs) in the press conferences he finds a way to be like like i even like want to defend this guy and he's out here like no it's actually the the clock is really the reason why we can't score points it's like bro look at the scoreboard of like how does no other team have problems with the clock you're the only the clock rules only affect Ohio State. They built they built a new clock for Ohio State. That's crazy. You know what happened this week? Northwestern, which has potential to be one of the worst power five teams in the history of modern college football, beat an FBS opponent, UTEP, by more points on Saturday and scored more points than Ohio State did against FCS Youngstown State. How is that possible, Kevin? How could that possibly happen? 
I, I think it's because the offense sucks. I think that's that's probably it. Um, I love this. I, but I do mean just in just just the thought, like I am praying to God. The Prince, sorry, sorry, I cut you off. But I just on the clock thing really quick is that Landis and Doug were not at the press conference after the game. They both stayed home to watch because of COVID concerns. And you know, no one else there will argue with or like say anything to Ryan Day with the clock. I don't think even them. It's probably not worth it to bring it up. Because I don't think it's worth, there's not much benefit to like directly right. argue with the guy who you have to cover. But like, I want someone to just grab him. Maybe a, a new a new Buckeye fan in Kroger will emerge this week where they can just grab him by the shoulders and tell him to shut the fuck up about the fucking clock. It is the possessions number five, possessions are down, whatever. Score the fucking football. You're playing Youngstown State. There's an average of two plays difference per game per FBS team. Just score the ball, dude. Yeah. And like, my thing is, it's just like, totally untrue and this this is not the first time that he's just like peddled something that like had no like no basis in reality um i think they've done it with like injuries before in the past i don't know there, there's there been a lot of bullshit that they've just like talked about that's like no like this isn't true but i loved a friend of the show matt brown um he said uh penn state they dropped 60 points in an fcs squad so did clemson toledo dropped 60 points this weekend um, and noted prolific, prolific offense army also topped 60 points this weekend. Ohio State with maybe the deepest running backs group in the country and the two best receivers in college football. They got 35. So, um, yeah, to me, like it doesn't like every the clock's the same across college football as, as, as far as I know. Like, I don't think they just changed the clock for Ohio State. So, like, what? You know, and, and that's that's another like if this is only affecting Ohio State, so isn't that just like telling on yourself? Like, oh, you're the only one that can't manage this new clock. Of course, yeah, it's the same for everyone. It's the same thing he did whenever the COVID rules happened. Yeah, where it was like you know, oh well, you know, it was hard to get practice in. Like, yeah, every team is missing multiple right. guys per week. Like, it's 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 just like it, also there's nothing you can do about it. So whining about it further, it's already been changed. People bring it up in the off season, bring it up in the off season, but like. Chip Kelly did it in a humorous and funny way that like got positive attention by basically comparing it to like, you know, or not comparing it to, but just directly saying, you know, the games haven't gotten any shorter. You guys just do this to sell more commercials, which is true. Ryan Day is doing it like in a, a complaint about like the way it's affecting his team's offense, which is just, it's pure nonsense. It's only like their own efficiency problems um, and nothing else. I mean, Right now, they rank uh, they rank tied for 113th in overall F, uh, third down conversion percentage in college yep. football, and they are 128th uh, among teams uh, only in FBS competition. Uh, so the only teams worse than Ohio State uh, on converting third downs right now uh, against FBS opponents in college football are Buffalo, Louisville, Florida, and Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, all of those teams suck, too, like. That there's there's no mystery about that. Like you can try to convince yeah. me that Florida and Ole Miss are good, but th- those teams suck. Um, so yeah, that's not good company to be in, and uh, it's especially not good when um, your kind of build is your offense leading the way. I think that's the thing. Is like, you know, we we talked about this in the off season how you just kind of assume Ohio State's offense is going to be good because it has been for the past five years. Like it's been consistently. I, I'd say the the past five Excellent. years, yeah. consistently Ohio State's offense has been the best offense in the country over the past five years. Maybe not every yes. single individual season, but over the past five years, Ohio State's offense has been the best. Um, yeah. And so like in 
in a lot of ways, like I felt like Ryan Day earned the benefit of the doubt when it came to quarterback play and the passing game and stuff like that. And good God, it has been horrifically bad. And um, I don't know, a, a lot of it, I think, is that Ohio State still has not figured out how to run the ball in short yarded situations without a mobile quarterback. Um, yeah, I I don't know when that's going to change. It's kind of clear that it isn't going to change at this point, um, which is I, I, think, I, I will say, like, I think I think they got their answer quarterback on Saturday, at least. Right. Like that's yeah. done. Yeah, that's that's fine. That, that, that's another that's thing over. that infuriated me. It's very clear that Kyle McCord's going to be the starter and he just wouldn't go out and be like, oh, Kyle's the starter. He's we're still going to be playing this game against Western Kentucky. And maybe that's one of the things where he told the quarterbacks like. I'll, I'll, maybe that's the excuse is like internally he told the quarterbacks we're going to decide after three games before Notre Dame. And so he's just kind of sticking by that decision. But like, what the fuck, man? Like, I can tell you who your starting quarterback is. Yeah, it's very obvious. And it's also like, it's another thing with the messaging, right? Internally versus externally. Like, why are we playing this game still? Right. Like, everyone can tell who it is. You can tell who, like, you know, it, it's... <sighs> he and, just wastes our time. He just wastes our time. More, more than that, like, do you think that Devin Brown has got like if if this was indeed the quarterback competition extending into the the regular season, do you think that Devin Brown has got a fair shot at like showing that he could be Ohio State's starting quarterback? No, he hasn't. He hasn't. He absolutely has not. They've they've put him in horseshit circumstances, like in the middle of games. He hasn't had the ability to develop a rhythm. Like it's it's like you're just feeding him reps to just like be kind of happy. It's not like he's kind of like check off a box to say, right. Oh, he had a chance to do it. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. And again, like, look, I, I, we can fully acknowledge we were both in the Devin Brown camp, like with mm-hmm. at least a toe in the water prior to the season, but I didn't really care. Like I, I wanted to see it on the field, which we've gotten to see and we've seen it now, but at the same time, even the structure and the process, the competition itself has been horrible. They're not taking the reps seriously. They're not balanced them equally. They're not both in both the first team or both like in equal situations. They don't have any kind of pre-planned structure where it's like, hey, you know, you get one half, you get the other half, or you get three drives, you get three drives. It's just in and out of the flow, happenstance, yank them around. Like Brown gets one drive to the bench for three more, gets one drive. It's just like there's no structure to what they're doing at all. Um, And like credit to Michigan last year, they did it right. If you're actually going to do that, they gave each player a game. You easily could have done that. Give Kyle McCord, Indiana and give Devin Brown, Youngstown State and acknowledge that there's a drastic talent difference between the two teams. But like. Or give give Devin Brown, Western Kentucky. I don't fucking know. Like there's there's something you could do. But like to your point, they just are kind of just riding with it and just like throwing them out there sometime. I don't know. There's just like no rhyme or reason behind any of it. No, never. There never is. It's just, it's always just whatever, whatever the fuck comes to his head that week is always his decision. It's just, it's, it's baffling. Um, yeah. Dude, there's so, just a miserable experience to the team. Just, just a completely fucking miserable experience. And, the, and uh, so it's such a negative podcast for 35, seven win, but well, the, subscribe I mean, to me to midfield.com for more. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the, that's the thing though. It's like, we we have a we have a one of us moment with uh, Denzel Burke, who is the official Ohio State player of the of the High Street Freaks and meet at midfield. Where that's right, he, he was basically asked after the game about the win, and uh, let me let me find the exact quote because um, you know it was it was great. Um, it was exactly what we're all thinking, and the people are calling us insane for um, for thinking this. Um, God, I can't find it. Um, but one up, yeah. But um, 
I'll get it pulled up here. Yeah. Um, I've got it. Yeah, I've got it. He said okay. it was kind of it was kind of re- really a disappointing win. We've got a lot of things to clean up. Like I said earlier, we're supposed to mug these dudes, and I feel like we didn't do that today. But a lot of stuff to clean up. Yeah, man. That was my exact take about the game too. And people are calling me like insane and um, ungrateful and a toxic fan base for saying that beating Youngstown State thirty-five to seven isn't good enough. It's not. It's not. In what world is that good enough? It's never. It never is. Like it's just. And, and again, people do say you're a whiner, you're a complainer if you're going to have with a thirty-five-seven win. But like, it's an FCS football team. They are not. It's not a power five opponent. Winning the way they did against Indiana is not good enough. Like the teams we're discussing here are like, frankly, they're not serious or competitive football teams, right? Indiana wasn't even trying to win. No. Uh, And like, I don't know, dude. It's just, there's no cohesion to the offense. There's no clear game plan. The play call in itself is baffling. Like some of the ways they structure some of these run plays, uh, some of when they're calling certain passing concepts. Like, there's no cohesive vision for what this should look like or will look like. It's just go out there and call a few random plays and wing it. And again, like, if this is the whole Ryan Day experience season of him calling these insane fucking plays, where he's, still, by the way, also still the one calling the plays, why not just give it to Brian Hartline? Like, right. What do we get out of Ryan Day calling these two games? But he's doing just quarterback rotations. Yeah. He's pressing the ask Corso button every single play. Like, it's, there's no, it's not like he's setting up counters off of anything. Like, it, the only counters that he's set up so far is the belief that his wide receivers are good. Like that's the only thing that's built into this offense so far. Like that there's just, it's, it's extremely frustrating. And it's one of those things where like the fans who cannot comprehend that it's frustrating. Like I I'm not mad that Ohio state beat young. I'm not really mad that Ohio state beat only beat Youngstown state. 35 to seven. Like, I'm not worried about the individual results of these games. Cause like the result is fine. They won They're two and oh, my problem is that extrapolating the way that they performed against Youngstown state and Indiana, they're going to get their ass kicked when it matters. Like that's if they play the way that they did against Indiana and Youngstown state against Michigan or Georgia, or I'll believe it when I see it, when it comes to like Wisconsin or Notre Dame, Penn state's a really good football team, but like, if they play that way against in games that matter, they're going to lose. They're going to. Yeah. Like that's, that's just the way that it is. And so, like, I'm no, I'm not really pissed that they're two and zero. Like, that's not the point. The point is that I can see this coming. You know, like I can see the train wreck about to happen, and I would like it to stop before. You know, like I, there's warning signs coming up here, and I still think it's fixable because I think that Ryan Day has called excellent games in the past. So maybe he's just screwing with us. You know, maybe we're going to come out to Notre Dame and like the, the good plays are going to come out. Like, I, I don't fucking know, yeah. but it's just a malaise right now. Right. So they just have this like negative vibe and air around the program that exists all the time. Like people thought it was over because of the Georgia performance. They still lost and blew a 10 point fourth quarter lead. But, you know, it, it's just like, that's we just kind of know enough evidence now that Ryan Day and bowl games the month prepare is a different coach. And when Ryan Day's team looks a certain way, like his teams have never really gotten better throughout the year. No, no, they haven't. They kind of just are what they are because yeah. they don't really because because there's not there's very little internal accountability 
Like no one accepts failure responsibility. Like if the defense is bad, it's Kerry Combs's fault. We fire him. Then it's the same thing. It's like, oh, well, we tried. Yeah. You know, like if you, if you, if the defense doesn't perform, or Michigan doesn't perform, it's like, well, it's not, it's just one game. It doesn't define us. We're still in the playoff. We still have a chance for everything we want. Like it's, right. you know, if, if the offense doesn't score points, it's because, oh, it's the clock rules. Like everything has an excuse at all times built in and ready, ready made to just bitch about what you're doing uh, and not actually accept accountability or ownership of your process uh, and try to get better from it. And thankfully, a handful of players do not act, you know, conduct themselves that way and are actually act like adults and try to get better from what they do. But um, Ryan Day is not among them. Ryan Day is not among those people. He has no interest in taking accountability. He wants to point fingers. He pretty much blamed Jim Knowles' defense his performance after the game, too, as well. I don't know if you saw that quote. No, I didn't. Uh, where he was kind of finger... He was kind of finger pointing about how Young State had the ball too long, was on the field too long, which, like, fine, probably true a little bit. But the secondary played very well against against Young State. The mm-hmm. linebackers played very well. The problem against Young State's <laughs> defense was the defensive line, which through the first half caused a zero percent havoc rate and finished. It's per a game on paper. Uh, it's at uh, gameonpaper.com, a great resource. They finished with a three percent havoc rate on the day um, against Youngstown State, which. If you can't create any negative plays, your defensive line, they still did throw a few blitzes at them. Like, what are we doing here? Because the defensive line and the discord there, the lack of performance, is directly attributable to Ryan Day's decision to bring back Larry Johnson and to not in any way, shape, or form solve the discord and the problems between Jim Knowles. And that is clearly not working. The defensive line is not performing. It didn't look very good. Jack Sawyer sucks. Yeah. I I mean, like... That, that, that yeah. that's the thing is like you I, we were talking this this whole offseason about how the key to really this defense is how the front plays and the front is not playing well I, I i hesitate to say they're not playing well they're playing fine they're just not the the front four are not like impacting the game necessarily they're reacting, no, they had a, they're yeah. reacting fine and like you even saw against how they played against indiana like they were you know maintaining gap responsibility they weren't giving up big plays or whatever but they're not creating big plays either and when you have when you have like two five-star defensive ends on the outside um and two you know i mean caden curry and kenyatta jackson too like you've got them behind them you've got mike hall tyleek williams on the inside those are really i mean the the interior linemen are the only ones who are like doing anything um like how how is that that front four not creating something in any given play you know, I, yeah. I I think that's what's frustrating. They have ranked to the first two games in the zero and first percentile of defensive run stuff rate. Um, they're not stopping any run short. They're not creating negative plays. They're not even stopping them for zero or one. They're not meeting at the line. They just don't do anything. They don't penetrate. They don't create pressure on the quarterback. People can say, oh, they get the ball out fast. Not really. Not that fast. It, yeah. It's pretty much standard passing concepts for Texas State. It's not a fucking air raid. And next week, you will see an actual air raid. So it's going to be three weeks in a row without real pressure on the quarterback. And you play a much better offensive line in Notre Dame. Um, so, and again, it's not just uh, when I talk about havoc and creating negative plays, it's not only in the passing game. It happens in the run game, too. And they're not doing that. Uh, they're, they're not creating negative plays at all against the defense. So defenses stay on schedule for the most part or close to it and have third and manageable. And they convert against Ohio State at a pretty high rate uh, because. It's not a very good, it's just not a very good constructed program right now. Like, there's no cohesion to this. There's no plan for it. They're letting coaches who don't agree with each other still work together and publicly feud, and they get nothing out of it. 
Like, maybe I'm just being too negative to a game that was involved fucking Youngstown State. It was a 28 point win. But, like, I don't know. I feel like now it's like a nine and three or 10 and two team this season. I think, that, like, I'm pretty much my expectations are they're going to get blown up by Michigan and they're going to lose to probably Penn State and maybe one of Wisconsin or Notre Dame, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I could easily see that happening. I think I'm, I'm a little less pessimistic than you. I think it's fine. One, I, I think the defense is, even with the defensive line issues, I think the defense is leaps and bounds better than it was last year. And I think you can see that even with its construction. Um, one, the defensive line is like, it may not be great, but it's actually no different than last year either. So like last year was fine enough to, I mean, frankly, nearly beat Georgia. It's not like the defensive line did anything. Um, and I still have hope for the offense. I think there's just too much talent. I actually think Kyle McCord has been perfectly fine. Um, Pretty good. Yeah, yeah I, I'm like, happy with Kyle McCord. Like, yeah. like, 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 like all things considered, like the, the morons who are saying like that Ohio State's offense is, you know, sputtering because of Kyle McCord being at starting court. Like that's not the issue. Nonsense. It's total nonsense. He's, he's, he's been perfectly fine. Um, the he did have two bad deep balls on Saturday, but like it wasn't, it's, it's okay. It's, he's gotten a few reps through two weeks. I'm not yeah, worried about it. Yeah. Every, everyone has bad deep balls. So you can go back and look at every quarterback, you know, it, it happens. It happens. Um, the, the issue with the offensive line or the issue with the offense right now is the offensive line, obviously. And even that, like, I think hypothetically that could get better with repping it and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I am, I am, I'm now, I'm now a Josh Simmons abolitionist. I want him off the roster. <laughs> I, I, there's just, I, I just, I just do, I sincerely do not believe that there is a better option. And I think if there was a better option, they simply would not be playing the below average mountain West guy at left tackle. Like I, it, it, it sucks, but I, I think he probably is the best option, which is horrifying. Yeah, I, I mean, that's true, but I guess my thought is it's too late now because they should have act like they haven't played their backup lineman at all through two weeks. Yeah. But the answer is you should have scored more points and then gotten your backup lineman some run. So you could see Luke Montgomery and Tegra Fishabola play tackle against, uh, you know, other teams. And they're not going to do it on on Saturday, this coming Saturday, because Western Kentucky is the best team they played yet this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, like I think the answer is if you know something you have is not good enough, even if you don't know what you have behind him is better, you should probably still try it. Cause like, no, maybe yeah, not right now. Cause obviously you gotta beat Notre Dame, but like if they lose to Notre Dame, I think if they lose to Notre Dame, then you got to try some shit, which yeah. like, th- unfortunately that's the trap that always happens with this team is there's like glaring issues that they Oof. don't address until they lose. And so like, if they like narrowly beat Notre Dame, who I think is a bad team, by the way, like I, I think Notre Dame is bad. I don't think they're very good. Um, people are talking about them as a college football playoff contender. Have you seen that? The, the people talking about Notre Dame? As a it's co- crazy because the problem is people didn't actually watch their game against NC State because of the delay of multiple hours. Did they watch uh, the, play the bo- Yeah, I don't know. But if you watch that bad. box score, yeah, if you watch that box score and see like, oh, they won by like, you know, 21 points or whatever. It does not in any way convey the actual result of that football game where uh, NC State uh, had the ball left in Notre Dame's red zone, like in the fourth quarter, the chance to tie it up, then threw a horrendous interception because Brandon Armstrong sucks. Notre Dame scores. 
the NC State throws another interception. Notre Dame scores. NC State turns it over on downs in scoring position. Notre Dame scores. And then the game looks lopsided. But that was a real game into the fourth quarter with NC State having a real chance to win. And like it was not a very impressive Notre Dame. And NC State sucks. And you know who else sucks? Sam Hartman. And I yeah. am astounded at how many people are like seriously saying like, oh, no, I'm actually pretty nervous. Notre Dame finally has a legit quarterback. Sam Hartman, have you watched him play? Like he has a noodle arm. Like what, what are, am I missing something? Like, am I the crazy one here or no, no, you're not. Okay. Okay. It's so, it, it, like, I, that's, that's the thing that sort of, I don't think Notre Dame is actually good, but I also have no confidence Ohio State could beat them. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's, it's one of those things where like Notre Dame has Notre Dame has guys on the offensive line and in the trenches on both sides of the ball. So we'll, we'll see there. Um, because that is, as you know, where Ohio State has been struggling. Um, so we'll we'll see. It's just like the the things that people are picking out on for Notre Dame, like like Sam Hartman. You're telling me Sam Hartman is the thing that gives you concerns about like head, heading into this game. Like, like good God, come on. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll see. This isn't a Notre Dame preview podcast. We'll we'll get there. Uh, but I th- I think my general thing is. This team has too much potential for me to just like completely write it off. But like, I'm also not going to be super optimistic about it until they give me a reason to be optimistic about it, if that makes any sense. Like, it is, yeah, right now it, right now it is 2015, the 2015 team minus the Natty from the previous season to me. Like, I see all this talent, but what is actually happening on the field does not make sense um, due to several factors. Like it, I don't know. It's just like, but at the same time, it feels like that switch could click on at any moment. And I wouldn't really be surprised because like JTT, sorry, he goes by JTT these days, JTT and Malolau, he did have that insane game against Penn state. So, you know, that is his ceiling. Like he can play there. Mike Hall has been awesome. Tyleek Williams has looked really good. I mean, he's probably been the best defensive yeah. lineman this this season. So like easily, yeah. They put it all together. Um, you know, maybe Caden Curry comes on um and you know, kind of replaces Jack Sawyer. Like maybe he pushes God and, willing. Yeah, yeah. Like, like 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 something like that. Like I would not be surprised if this team puts it together. Like any given day, they, the team could put it together and be it has the talent to beat anyone. And so I think that's what makes it frustrating is it's like, it's like a microcosm. So like the, I always said the 2015 Michigan state loss was like a microcosm of the entire 2015 season, because I had to watch the entire game knowing what the result was probably going to be, but it was still still close enough that like, I couldn't just like turn the TV off. And I think that's what like this whole season's probably going to be. That's like, Oh, well, they have two first round picks at wide receiver, like, you know, awesome running backs, a pretty solid quarterback. Like, you know, like this team should win, you know, compete for a national title. Like, let's let's see. And so, like, they're probably just going to, like, sputter along. I think your your prediction, I think I saw it on Twitter where you're like, this team is probably going to win 11 games, lose to Michigan, sneak into the college football playoff and then get boat raced again. You know, like it could be the exact same thing as last year. And I wouldn't be surprised, but like, I just have to keep watching because I know at any given moment, it could be really cool. Well, yeah. And I'm also going to watch every snap of Ohio State football. Like as long as I have eyeballs in my head too, like just like based on the human being that I am, like I I, I can never not. 
I, I I would almost love the team to just like be complete ass so I could just hate watch it. But like, it's not, it's not complete ass. There is always a chance. That- yeah. As you, as you know, by the way, like we have kind of partially by accident, partially just kind of by who we are cultivated, like a spearhead of posters too, around like everyone else's sports who are just like a- avid Ryan day haters trying to get rid of him. It's very and there's funny. now, it, there's a group. It's very funny, but there's a group chat with quite a few of them. And I'm in a, and there was like a, an active civil war going on amongst the spearhead over whether or not they want to root for losses for to get Ryan Day fired faster, or or just to kind of let this play out and see what happens. And I'm in the camp that I could never root for a loss. Like I, I could never, I never want Ohio State to lose ever. Like, there's right. no scenario I want to see it happen. But it does just like this like feeling of dread that I get that he's gonna like go 10 and two and do enough to keep his job and then probably go 10 and two or 11 and one again next year and keep yeah. his job because Gene Smith will be, you know, lame duck. They won't want to hire a new coach right now. Like I just have this feeling of dread that I'm stuck with three or four more years of this no fun, terrible product that has no chance to win a title because its head coach doesn't know enough about football or care enough about football. Uh, it really does just feel like in my chest, like I am like, preparing to be like stuck with like three or four more years of this. And it's like one of the most terrifying things I've experienced in my life. And it, like, I, again, the problem that I run into is that he is like good enough too. like, cause like you said, like he, he can lead this team to 11 and one. Like I, there are worse coaches that you could get. It's just like, that's the problem. God, I don't know. We, we have this, we we've had this whole discussion many times, but like, it's just like it's he's the perfect purgatory of a coach because he's never going to do bad enough to get fired. Like he's just not going to. And even this year, like you can say like there's always it's almost like the same Chris Holtman thing. I mean, we don't need to bring Chris Holtman into this, but like we're like there's it always it always looks like there's just like a like, oh, well, there's hope on the horizon. Things are going to get better next year. And like you can easily convince yourself of that every like. You know, like, well, I think I think Chris Holtman is funny because that's a dude Chris Holtman talk, but like to me, he's the Mike Gundy of college basketball where you know exactly when he'll lose. Like, you can see the losses coming on yeah. the schedule in advance, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is always kind of funny. I don't know who Ryan Day is in basketball. I mean, I'm trying, I guess, like Calipari is the answer, yeah, that's probably uh, true. Well, Calipari, Calipari titles. Come, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's late era John Calipari is who we have with Ryan Day, My, minus which the is, early era. Yes, exactly. Which just, is just late era. God, dude, it sucks so fucking bad. <laughs> I'm so tired of this guy. Yeah. Like, I just can't. Uh, uh, I, I like. I don't know, man. It just sucks. I feel like, so. This is a very negative podcast for a 28 point win, but like, I, I just don't have any faith in him. Like, I don't think Ryan Day knows how to improve a football team. I think Ryan Day knows how to do. I don't think not in the season happened. at all. No, no, he doesn't really respond to adversity in any way, shape, or form. Um, I think the offense will probably click to a certain level. Like I think the passing, like once they have Kyle McCord fully structured, they're probably going to have to just like start throwing the football more because to his to his benefit, when his back's against the wall, he does usually tend to call the right plays on offense. Yeah, like 
the Michigan game, they obviously fucked up several opportunities, and like they do, they do have those terrible. Like his third down brain is just a different person. <laughs> like I think there's just like maybe some spirit haunting Ryan Day that inhabits his body on third and fourth downs because it is like inexplicably stupid what he does to himself and his team. But he does usually still find a way to move the football. Like they, they still put up over 440 yards on Michigan back to back years those blowouts. Like they do move the football, and I think that part's going to be fine. But it's just like, are they going to get better in the red zone? Are they going to finish drives more? Are they going to have better decision making on third and fourth down? Probably not. That's who this guy is. He just keeps getting worse at it every Dude. year. Like he just keeps he keeps getting more in his own head every year. It's just like it's, it's like you said. It's a slow, it's a slow moving train wreck. You're watching it happen in slow motion, knowing what's coming. And the the third down thing gets me, and it has for years because like on first and second down, they basically are just like, all right, we have better players than everybody else. We're just gonna like, uh-huh. like, 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 let's let's just. And then third this. down, it's like and this is third... Mitch Frosty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's mind blowing. It, the 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 like the microcosm of it was when they played. It was uh, against Indiana, and he drew up a play for Chip Trianum, which who is the third string running back and was playing fullback at the time, where the only two eligible receivers were Chip, and um, and was it uh. Cade Stover were the only two eligible receivers. Like, what the fuck? You come in. We talked this entire offseason about how Ohio State has the two best receivers in the country, you know, an insane um, offense, you know, air it out offense. And you're drawing up a play to chip Trianum where there's only two eligible receivers and they're both like non-skill players, essentially, or big skill players. Like, I don't know. It's 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 mind blowing. And he did the same thing with Cade Stover in against Michigan. And like, I think what's even more infuriating is that the plays always technically work. And there's always like a reason why something happened that it didn't work. That isn't just, it was the wrong play. But like, and the reason why it doesn't work though is because you're, you're asking worse players to be more reliable. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. what it is. And it's always like, well, if this guy would have just done this and it's like, yeah, but you put a shitty player in a position to make like a crucial play. Like, what did you think was going to happen? And so like it, it happens every single time. It's like, oh, well, if Cade Stover would have just hit the ball that or caught the ball that hit him in the hands, it's like, well, it's fucking Cade Stover. And he was allegedly super injured. Why the fuck did you draw up like three crucial plays to him in a must win game? Like <laughs> Dude, the first third and 13, they would end around to Xavier Johnson. I will jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> I also... I also mm-hmm. thought it was, this is unrelated. I also thought it was very funny that the second Cam Martinez came into the game, he gave up at just a horrific The very time. first snap. The very first snap. Like, it's just, there's just so much. I, I don't think you and I are fucking Nostradamus over here, right? Like, we're not, like, geniuses. But there are just very obvious things. Anyone with a brain can tell you about this football program because they observe it again and again and again. And... He never does anything about it. Like he, he just keeps running the same his Are fucking they... his just for men dyed hair into the same fucking wall every fucking week. Every fucking week, every fucking the Kim, year. The Cam Martinez thing just like baffles me. Is is he just awesome in practice? Like what like what the hell is the, the deal there? Because he has been so consistently bad in games. And I know there were a lot of people last year that were drinking the cool or uh, over the spring that were drinking the Kool-Aid. They were like, oh, he just had one bad play against Michigan. And that wasn't us. No, no, no. He was horrific all last year to the point that when I saw him on the field against Michigan, I let out an audible sigh 
before he fell down and gave up a massive play. Like that's, it happens all the time. It happened every time he was on the field and it did like, (laughs) he strolled out there and poetically it was like the biggest game game that uh, Youngstown state had on the game. I think the reason is because two of our buddies who I'm not going to say my name because they're very good at their jobs. We like personally happen to be friends with the Martinez family and like they just cannot they don't separate like the reality of his onset performance from who they think he is as a person and as a guy they knew in high school. And that's the only answer I can justify because a lot of the fan base listens to those guys. Yes. And not not even just the fan base, other writers listen to those guys too. And coaches. Yes. <laughs> and so it bleeds into everything else and it's like holy shit man, like I am watching this. I, I can tell you like easily that this guy should not see the field okay like i really i really broke this down because i was thinking about this there's no like when you actually look at how many bodies there are it's safety and i understand they all technically play different positions and it's not like a one-for-one swap when you have sunny styles right lathan ransom um malik carter carter Carter, kai stokes and i'm even going to put josh proctor in there when you have those six guys, and I feel like I'm missing somebody too. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Anyway, when you have those six guys, why is Cam Martinez on the field? You can shuffle people around somehow. Jahad Carter can play the nickel. I I, I think probably Kai Stokes could too. Um, Sonny Styles can play. Like, what? Why? Why is Cam Martinez ever on the field? It doesn't make any sense. It's it never needs to happen. And I think to their credit, I'll say this. They did like the final three quarters of the game. They did primarily bench him. Like I don't think he really played much again after that. And when they went to that nickel look, they did put in Jordan Hancock there, which is fine. Which is what you should do. Like you're gonna look right. if you're taking Sunny Styles off the field for a coverage reason, play someone who can actually cover, which is one of your quarters. Do not play the guy who theoretically is in coverage but can't actually cover. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just don't do that. Stop right. it. Right. And like you have four quarters who can play. You have five and a half safeties who can play. Maybe four and a half, depending on what you think of Kai Stokes. Uh, The half is Josh Proctor because he can play against run teams, but not against anybody else. Um, You have several other options that are better to you than Cam Martinez, both in coverage and in run support, who don't give up glaringly fucking stupid plays every time they touch the field. And it's just like, if it happens again, I, I I don't know what to say. I think they just maybe have maybe he has a gun to their head in practices. Like maybe maybe he has like do you watch the series hijack? Have you seen the hijack? No. Well, it's a pretty simple concept, but basically, you know, a group of terrorists uh have this airport security woman's family at a gunpoint and she does something for them. Maybe he has that situation going on. Maybe he's abducted yeah. their families, maybe they don't get to see them, you know, uh when after the game because they, you know, play Cam Martinez. Maybe he has nude pictures of Ryan Day. Maybe he, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he has a catch predator situation where he got some on the staff. I don't know what happened, but all I know is that Cam Martinez can never play football in a real game again. Please, for the love of fucking God, I never want to see him play. Yeah, a real game. You know, I, I will say it was, it was at least funny this time because it was Youngstown State. Yeah. Like, I, I laughed. Like I, I wasn't like, I laughed out loud. I laughed out loud. And so then I was like immediately back to post and it was angry. It was, it was, it was very funny. Like it was, it would have been less funny had it been in two weeks against Notre Dame. So I'm glad we got that. It probably will. Don't worry. I'm sure it'll happen. (laughs) But, um, 
All right. This has been this has been relatively negative. So I'm going to make a point. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a point to talk about the things that I actually have enjoyed, um, and some, okay. some positive things. First off, I'm I'm we teased this a little bit. I think Kyle McCord has been good. I, I genuinely think he's been like, like not not even just like, not even just like okay. I think that he has shown enough that he is i'd consider him a good quarterback at this point um and i think he actually has the he's second in total qbr um behind jj mccarthy right now despite kind of a, a lackluster in the QBR. conference correct in, in the conference yeah not 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 yeah. in the nation um but like his total qb it's it's ahead of drew Aller. um his total qbr is 90.0 like that's a solid number and I, obviously yeah. that's like that's like a one metric there's other things you can rate a quarterback on um like th- like that's that's solid he, he had a 70 percent completion percentage um this this past game he looks way more comfortable like it's it's his second start i am blown away by the people who seem to think that the problems with the offense are have anything to do with kyle yeah. playing quarterback it, there's just certain things you really need to know the people you're listening to don't know what they're watching when they watch a football game yeah um which is fine but like yeah, McCord, McCord's been good enough for sure. I think there's still things to clean up, which is always going to happen with a guy this early on. Particularly that like that very stupid ball we threw into deep coverage, uh, that, that double coverage deep, yeah, uh, that was almost intercepted, was idiotic. Uh, had, and I think had, his touch. He yeah. had one against Indiana too, where like it should have been a pick six, but instead it was a big correct. Play, but yeah, yeah. and uh, there was also he missed that crossing route to Buka that would have been a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, and also his touchdown throw to Marvin Harrison Jr. was late. And then yeah, as a result, right yeah, he had to underthrow it because if he threw it correctly on time, well, if he, if he threw it on time correctly, it would have been nice. That's, that's a good throw. But if he threw it in the correct spot it would have been uh, because of, of how late he was in the read, it would have been out of bounds. Yeah, so he underthrew it, which is fine. It was touchdown, it worked out, but it was a bad throw. But you're talking about three bad throws basically the entire day out of 20 attempts. That's okay. It's fine. It's, yeah. it's a good enough day. I think he is a... A good enough quarterback. I have things to clean up. I was worried about the interception potential coming into the season. However, I think he can get that fixed. And I think he's accurate enough and processes well enough. I think it's okay. Um, more, than that, more than that, I I liked his athleticism so far too, especially his ability to move around in the pocket. I think that's... I, CJ Stroud looked like he had a hanger in his ass every time he tried to like run around. Um, yeah. That is... <laughs> That's not the truth about McCord. There have been a few times when he's had to make a guy miss or throw off his back foot or um, do something athletic. And I think this the whole discourse the entire offseason was that Devin Brown was the guy who could do those things and Kyle McCord was a petrified tree, basically. And that's just not how it's actually looked. Um, not to say that right. Devin Brown isn't athletic or whatever, but like the difference in their athleticism is marginal like it's not it's not drastic like kyle mccord can run he can make guys miss in the pocket he can move his feet so i've I've yeah brown is not athletic as i thought he was basically yeah Yeah. although i will say that fourth and nine throw was sick he that was a sick play from him it was uh i saw that one i was like oh man he's got it the guy is the juice and then the rest of the game happened uh (laughs) but yeah i'm happy with mccord you know, Marv was great. Abuka, I think, would have been... Abuka was pretty good, but would have been great if... Like, there were three missed throws his way, and they were all behind him, two different quarterbacks. Yeah. Not his fault. Um, I thought Fleming was good again. He blocked his ass off. Uh, X looked pretty good, I'd say. 
Um, the receiver group looks fine. Like I'm, the receivers are good. Uh, Trey had a good game. I would say he always does against against G five and FCS opponents. He's always yeah. good against them, which is kind of mad. And he averages over ten yards of carry in his career against them. Uh, and then like the rest of it's like an average running back. Yeah, but well, he I, did have the that that touchdown run that was called back, or was that called back or no? Uh, he had one touchdown run for a big one, and another one I think they called back on a penalty to Josh Simmons for hands to the face. Uh, those two runs, I saw the quickest feet he's ever had. Like he did, especially that one in the red zone that was called back via penalty. He made a nice jump cut. He looked quick, like he read a defender and moved, which is something he does not usually do. He kind of usually just runs into the defender if he sees one. Um, so seeing him actually make someone miss was pleasant, even if it was called back. It looked different to me than his previous G5 games where he had a wide open lane and just sprinted through it. Yeah. So I was happy for him. I thought he looked pretty good. Um, and I, I will say, like last week, I kind of had pause when we were talking. And I, I, I said this, I, I thought Chip looked great against Indiana. But last year, kind of how it went with the running backs is they would almost like take turns having great games. And I don't think that's a problem. I just think that that's, you know, is a thing that could happen this year, too. Like maybe next week, Mayan Williams will have a big game um, or it'll be back to Trey or it'll be, you know, chip or something like that. Like, I think that's the reality. Ohio state has three, probably more than three running backs that are perfectly capable yeah. of having a hundred. Also, Aaron Pryor's on a milk carton right now, by the way. Yeah. Right. Uh, we need to put out an APB for, for Evan Pryor. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Based on how they were talking about him, I guess less to be fair ahead of this season, people were just asking about him and Ryan day would be like, Oh yeah, he'll be in the mix sort of thing. Um, but the way they talked about him ahead of last year, it was like he was the third string running back and was going to play as like a true freshman, whatever. But um, I don't know. Uh, very, very weird. Um, but yeah, he he has not been around. Uh, another guy who has actually, we, we mentioned this last week a little bit, but uh, I think he continued. Um, another guy who I really have been liking is uh, G Scott. I think he, yeah, looks, yeah. he looks really good at tight end. I, I honestly I think he's clearly tight end too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, at this point, it's approaching the scenario where I might prefer him to Cade Stover in a lot of situations. Like I think he's almost he's probably a better blocker than Cade Stover. Um there were some jokes about that on our board. I don't know if you saw them during I know you were traveling to bed during game day and had to watch from a plane, I believe, or an airport. Yeah, yeah. But uh uh there was a quote came out from G Scott G Scott Sr. in his own Twitter account tweeted something about that he told G to transfer this offseason. Totally get out of there, basically. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and then he he basically said, no, I'm going to stay. I love these guys, whatever. And uh, someone quoted and said, damn, like even G. Scott Sr. knows that Kate Stover's fucking ass. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. But, yeah. Well, and, and, and that's the thing is like, I'm, I'm saying like, yeah, I think he's probably a better blocker than Kate Stover. And it's like, well, also, I probably think he's got better hands and is a better receiver than Kate Stover, too. So maybe I actually just think he's better than Kate Stover. I uh, <laughs> I could get there pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah we'll see. I mean, like, 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 I, I, like logically, like you said, like he's probably tight end too. And I'm like, oh yeah, definitely. I think he's tight end too. But then I started like logicing my way around it, and I was like, yeah, like actually everything that has to do with playing with t- playing tight end, like he's probably better <laughs> than Kate Stover at. So yeah, I mean, I do want to see him like block against teams that have a pulse, right. you know? Well, Kate Stover uh, can't do that either. So right, well, Kate Stover can't do that, of course. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is. I've seen enough from G to think he's got a shot to be better than Cade. Yeah. And I think he might actually be pretty fast. 
However, what I do not have any faith in is that they would ever play him more reps against Silver. No, that's um, that's never going to happen. <laughs> never going to happen. Why well, would I think that? No, uh, what what they would do is just keep going twelve personnel instead, and that'll just mean it'll it'll take reps away from wide receivers. So maybe it's yeah, actually, from Xavier Johnson, Julian it's actually, yeah. it's actually bad that that. Uh, yeah, that's the question we have to ask. Apparently, the like, Kate Silver is like the starting Cam Martinez, and he could ever do will get him off the field. So you have to question if G Scott's better than Xavier Johnson or Julian Fleming. Yeah. Which probably not yet. Probably not. Um, yeah. um what else? Offensive line, pass blocking was very good, which is nice. Yeah. Uh I guess I would be concerned if they couldn't pass block in six down state. Um, but uh the run blocking uh is not good still. Um still not still not good. The, left the, side of line still bad. And just like the the play calling reeks of having no confidence in the run blocking too. That short yardage uh, to the boundary, like it's third. I think it was third and one, and they went to the boundary with Trey. Like, come on, man! Just it's it's maddening. It it really does. It makes me feel like I'm crazy. It makes me feel like I have like like I'm like seeing things because like the idea they just keep doing it. Yeah, I don't know. And like, um, and I I don't I don't think it's just blocking because if it was just like it's not just the offensive line sucks at run blocking that's the reason why they can't run the ball it's like schematic in a lot of ways too um, I'm I don't pretend to know all of the answers to that because I am not an offensive coordinator I am a guy with a podcast but it's always been perplexing to me how Ohio State forever. I mean, uh, it started with Dwayne Haskins, which coincidentally is Brian Day's offense. Um, how Ohio State has not been able to run the ball if they don't have a running threat at quarterback. And it's always perplexed me to just turn on football on Sundays and be like, ah, damn, they can run the ball really well. And this quarterback, you know, is 47. And like, yeah, it's just, it it blows my mind. Um, I was just watching the Bengals and Browns today. and. Um, they're, I mean, the Bengals were running the ball just fine, and Joe Burrow, you'll be shocked to hear this, they did not put the ball in Joe Burrow's hands to uh, to um, run very often. But, they, I mean, there's just ways that you can create reliefs with the run game, whether it's a screen, um, fixing the box counts, using motion with Abuka. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff that they seem to do at times last year, but they get in this weird crutch where they're like, Nah, we're going toss to the boundary instead of God. I don't know. It's just it's very frustrating. It doesn't feel like they're yeah. creative or doing anything to remedy the situation. And um, never, never. Yeah. Damn. Well, uh, that's all fun. <laughs> we're negative again. Yeah. I don't think I have honestly. I just gotta. I don't think I have anything else positive to say about this team right now. I think Tommy yeah. Eichenberg's cool. Uh, defensive tackles are sick. Um. Corner, Denzel Burke was awesome. Uh, Iggy's awesome. Yep. Um, played the Rats had kind of a tough day. Uh, I thought Jahad Carter was pretty mediocre. And also the stupid penalty. It was unnecessary. Yeah. Um, I think that Sonny's still Sonny. Um, oh, God. We got to get out of here, Kevin. I'm just too, I'm too <laughs> pissed off still at this game. I'm still feeling at my chest. We got to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Well. There'll be another game for you to work, work yourself out over. Don't worry. Um, that's right. That's right. We'll, we'll, we'll preview that later in the week. 
what we didn't do, we were too angry to do, is uh, tell you about our favorite shirts. <laughs> you know what doesn't suck? Um, home field apparel. Home field apparel, baby. Yeah. We we may we may be uh, feeling bad vibes about the Bucks, but um, we're we're feeling good vibes about home field apparel. Um, if you are ashamed to support Ryan Day in this program. Um, there's good news. You actually don't have to buy Ohio State stuff at Home Field Apparel. There's like how many colleges? I don't know how many colleges. There's like I at least like 60 different colleges that you can go to and uh support, um, give your money to. Um if, if you want to still support the Bucks like we do, despite their transgressions, we support you in that and uh we will actually help you in your efforts. If you have not yet purchased from Home Field Apparel, um, you can use the code Meet at Midfield for fifteen percent off your first order. Uh, that doesn't again does not work on your you know thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, just your first order. Um, so uh, use the code Meet at Midfield, which is coincidentally our website that we have together. Um, we are not just a podcast; we have a website. We write words. We have a community of. Um, Unfortunately, there's a community of people just like us that uh, you think we are militant. Good God, log on to our board. <laughs> we are mild compared to some of the shit that is posted on on our board. Um, yeah, man, I I don't think the majority of Buckeye fans are ready for what they would read on our board in the middle of a game against Youngstown State. But um, if you think that you're ready for that, uh, head on over to meetupmidfield.com and um, sign up, join the militia, and uh, you. That's too, right. You too. arm yourself. Arm yourself with the the, the weapon of truth and and logic. Yeah, <laughs> you too can cyber bully Parker Fleming. So, um, I guess uh, it's it's not good form to do those things at the end of the podcast, but. Uh, you know, well, what? wasn't good for the Buckeyes either. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. We'll, we'll try uh, to, like the Buckeyes, we'll try to do better next week. But uh, we'll be back. I'm actually intrigued by Western Kentucky. I can at least talk about Western Kentucky in a semi-positive light. We talk on on Wednesday or yeah. Thursday. The podcast comes out. So yeah, so, uh, so we'll we'll be there. That that will be a premium episode. Um, so yeah, uh, so you're gonna hear it. Subscribe. Yep. So. Well, you want me to sign us out? I think you did it last week, right? Yeah, you, 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 can, you can sign us out. Go for it. All right. Go Bucks. Michigan sucks. And help should be on the way. Lord willing. <laughs>